thesis and hypothesis being outlined by Terry Maison that there is now a growing movement in the world of Islam, even in Saudi Arabia, for a much more secular approach. I'm going to be blogging about that uh, hypothesis of Mr. Maison. I talked last week in the news and views about that hypothesis. He's got an interesting argument to offer, and I think we need to track it. But I still remain skeptical of that arms sale, and now... After the arms sale, after President Trump's summit, we had the sudden breaking of diplomatic relations on the part of Saudi Arabia, Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, and some other countries breaking diplomatic relations with Qatar, or Qatar, and the reason that they're giving is that Qatar is a major state sponsor of, guess what, Islamic radical terrorism. So there's an interesting thing that just happened story that broke yesterday. Uh, many, many people broke the story. I'm going to be using the Zero Hedge article here, and I want to read the whole thing to you. It's a very short article. You need to be aware of this if you're not. Quote, Pentagon agrees to sell $12 billion worth in F-15s to Qatar. Remember when Trump called on Qatar to stop funding terrorism, claiming credit for and endorsing the decision of Gulf nations to isolate their small neighbor where the most important U.S. airbase in the Middle East is located, even as U.S. cabinet officials said their blockade is hurting the campaign against ISIS? You should. It took place just five days ago. We had a decision to make, Trump said, describing conversations with Saudi Arabia and other Gulf countries. Do we take the easy road or do we finally take the hard but necessary action? We have to stop the funding of terrorism, unquote. Now, I'm under no illusions here. President Trump is not a dumb man. And I'm sure he's going to be skeptical and cynical of any Saudi uh, assurances that they're going to stop terrorism. I think he's the sort of man, and I think the Saudis are certainly not stupid either, and know that he's the sort of man that's going to be looking for action rather than simply polite assurances, particularly with that nasty doctrine that we can all lie to further the cause of Islam. I'm sure the president knows better. So what's going on here? Well, let's continue. Also last week, Trump triumphantly announced on Twitter that, quote, during my recent trip to the Middle East, I stated that there can no longer be funding of radical ideology. Leaders pointed to Qatar. Look, unquote. Well, Qatar funding terrorism apparently is not a problem when it comes to Qatar funding the U.S. military-industrial complex. Because two weeks after Trump signed a record $110 billion weapons deal with Saudi Arabia, moments ago, Bloomberg reported that Qatar will also buy up to 36 F-15 F F jets from the Pentagon for $12 billion. Even as a political crisis in the Gulf leaves the Middle East nation, isolated by its neighbors and criticized by President Donald Trump, for supporting terrorism. According to the Pentagon, the sale of, will give Qatar a, quote, state-of-the-art, unquote, capability, not to mention the illusion that it can defend itself in a war with Saudi Arabia. And I would agree with Zero Hedge's assessment there. Uh, Saudi Arabia, comparatively speaking, with its more powerful neighbors, neighbors, Iran and Egypt and so on, 
is not a strong state, but in comparison, certainly to Cutter, it's it's much more powerful. If nothing else, Uncle Sam sure is an equal opportunity arms dealer, and best of all, with the new fighter planes, Cutter will be able at least to put on a token fight when Saudi Arabia invades in hope of sending the price of oil surging. Now that the other strategy, the every other strategy has failed. To be sure. The sale comes at an opportune time, just days after Qatar put its military on the highest state of alert and scrambled its tanks, all 16 of them. Maybe the world's wealthiest nation realized it's time to beef up its defensive capabilities. Qatar's defense minister will meet with the Pentagon chief Jim Mattis on Wednesday to seal the agreement, Bloomberg reported, citing people who spoke on condition of anonymity because the sale hasn't been announced. Last year, Congress approved the sale of up to 72 F-15s in an agreement valued as, mu as much as $21 billion, but that deal took place before the recent political crisis in the region. It is unclear what the Saudi reaction will be to the news that Trump is arming its latest nemesis. If our thesis that Riyadh is hoping for Qatar to escalate the nest egg of the conflict is correct, then the Saudis should be delighted, unquote. Now, my first response is, if I were the Saudis, looking at everything else the United States has done, you know, overlooking our own duplicity in the process, if I were the Saudis, looking at everything else the United States has done, I'd be thinking more or less along the lines of Angela Merkel, this is no longer a reliable ally. And even though we're buying arms from this ally, we better start thinking about patching up some serious relationships with some other major players on the world stage. Now, I think the Saudis have done that assessment because you recall a couple years ago, I blogged and I did a couple news and views uh, comments about the Saudi prince who had gone to Russia uh, seeking arms deals and so on. And that was a very, very unusual, odd step for the Saudis to take. And I suspect that we're going to see more of that, although it's going to be on a very low-key, quiet nature. But my main point here is I remain skeptical of the Saudi deal, and this looks to me like a, another step to inflame tensions as much as possible in that region of the world. I don't see any good coming out of selling arms either to Saudi Arabia or to Qatar. The only good I think that the Pentagon is thinking here is, well, if we don't do it, somebody else will. Uh, and I think that's going to happen anyway, regardless of what we do. So my bottom line here is I'm still getting the very uneasy feeling, folks, that with all of the exacerbation of tension in the Middle East and particularly choosing Islamic nations that have some sort of historical quarrel with each other over the interpretation of Islamic doctrine and culture, the Shia Iranians versus the Wahhabi Saudis and so on and so forth. And there is a similar conflict, although uh, a more minor one, comparatively speaking, than the Shia uh, Wahhabi Sunni conflict between Qatar and Saudi Arabia. So this looks to me as if they are intentionally trying to inflame tensions and set up that uh, part of world culture for a fall. Now, the reason I mention all of this, folks, is it's looking to me like they are thinking in terms or along the lines of Samuel Huntington's book back in the 1990s. It was considered something of a geopolitical classic 
called The Clash of Civilizations. And again, Huntington outlined that one of the major tension points for geopolitical strategists in the 21st century was going to be along the fault line, as he called it, between the Islamic world and Western culture and Islamic world and the Sino-Asian culture, and then, of course, the Russian um, and Orthodox culture. So this is something to watch here, folks. I get a very, very bad feeling from this whole thing. Now, that said, I want to turn briefly to uh, a comment about the Arlington shootings yesterday. And I want to preface this with my remark that I'm going to try and be as brief as possible. Uh, I, I'm doing this largely because people keep asking me to do it, and, and I simply don't have the time to answer on an individual basis. Um, I'm, I'm going to be as brief as possible because I think it's far too early. And that in this instance, I don't think anything really is served by too much speculation. However, on the other hand, I think that we're seeing in this country, particularly those of you in Europe and, and overseas in the Pacific and the Pacific Rim, China and Australia and Indonesia, where we have some members, um, the mood in the country right now is we don't want to speculate and we don't want to look any further. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> in other words, um, you have you have a big kumbaya moment going on here. For example, Senator uh, Bernie Sanders, who was a Democratic presidential candidate in last year's campaign, when he learned that the shooter apparently had been a an outspoken supporter of his and was uh, politically somewhat far to the left and uh, very, very upset with uh, President Trump and the Republicans, Senator Sanders uh, got on the floor of the Senate and, and made a very nice uh, speech, you know, disavowing that individual and disavowing the course of violence uh, that he took. Um, so I think we, first of all, we have to look at something that's very disturbing here. Uh, in looking at the shooting, I do see a familiar pattern. And the pattern is lone nut shooter who you might be tempted to argue from the tone and tenor of his tweets was already dangerously around the bend. Um, the pattern, in other words, is we have a convenient patsy and a lone nut shooter who is also conveniently dead. So we can only speculate as to motivations, if any. Maybe the guy was just plain nuts, okay? And that's always a possibility. But already in this country, I ran across something very, very disturbing. I am not linking this story because I don't really have any idea of the source reporting it and their viability. However, I think it's important enough at least to mention, and that is apparently Representative uh, Scalise, uh, Steve Scalise, the Republican majority whip in the House of Representatives, was also a major sponsor of a bill moving through the House to put an end to human trafficking and 
he gave a, a YouTube video outlining his opposition to the whole human trafficking situation and outlining his determination to help put an end to it. And it is interesting to me that Congressman Scalise was the one apparent wounded victim uh, in that terrible shooting yesterday. Uh, I have to therefore wonder, again, cautioning everybody that this is speculation. But if this was a deliberate targeted action, then what we had yesterday was not simply a tragic random shooting, but an attempted assassination. I suspect that, like it or not, we're going to hear more and more come out about this story. Um, I think that there is a disturbing pattern. As I said, lone nut shooter, uh, Republican congressman who is championing a controversial bill, controversial at least to those engaged <laughs> in the process of human trafficking. So that story is out there, folks. Um, again, I'm not linking anything as yet because it's something apparently just breaking. Um, but it, it has made an early appearance. And if anybody finds out any more information, please, of course, you're, you're welcome to send articles and so on here. My suspicion, my gut reaction when I, when I first heard about this yesterday, folks, was that there was something very fishy going on, um, that it was part of a campaign, and apparently now we might have a possible motivation uh, behind, behind the shooting, or if that motivation is true, then it was an assassination attempt. So anyway, that's it for today's news and views. Don't forget, folks, we have a members vid chat, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, uh, it will be the early vid chat for our uh, members and friends in European and African time zones. So that will be at 2 p.m. next Friday, not tomorrow, next Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. So that's it for news and views from the Nefarium. A kind of a sad one this week, folks. Uh, a downer, but nevertheless uh, important to bring to everybody's attention. I'll see you on the flip side, everybody, and God bless.